Are you that weirdo that's always dreamed of getting a PhD in cryptozoology? Well, then this is the podcast for you. Welcome to Happy Hour Gets Weird. Hi, guys. Hi, welcome back to another episode of Happy Hour Gets Weird. I'm Cassie. And I'm Tiffany. So we have an episode that I'm very excited about. (laughs) But before we get into that, Cassie, did you want to talk about the promo that we're going to share this week? Yes, I have a uh, promo this week. If you haven't noticed, we try to play a promo every week Mm -hmm. um, because we love indie podcasts and we love sharing the ones that we love. Mm-hmm. So we have a new promo. It's called The Girlfriend's Couch. And I'm just going to, in their own words, it's from the perspective of black women and for black women. Uh, my personal favorite episode is Letting Go of Broken Friendships. Ooh. It's such a good episode. It's about out kind of outgrowing people that mm-hmm. don't um, serve a good purpose anymore like kind of toxic people it's a fantastic episode um so check it out and here's a promo are you looking for a podcast for black women about black women and by black women then look no further because the girlfriend's couch has got you covered join me goddess mc along with my co-host mystic aki as we explore, explain, and expound on topics that we care about from not only the perspective of a Black woman, but as mothers, businesswomen, and spiritual healers. We indulge in those much-needed conversations, and we provide essential solutions. The Girlfriend's Couch podcast is available for streaming on your favorite podcasting platform, including Anchor, iTunes, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. We can't wait to see you on the couch. We are back, and you can find The Girlfriend's Couch on all podcast platforms. Okay, so to get into the episode, we're going to start with the drink, which is pretty delicious. It was a journey to make. It was a for sure trial and error, but I did. we did more of a savory drink, and we did a cucumber dill gin fizz, and we loved the egg white last week, so we decided to do egg white again, and... I was a little worried it would be repetitive, but it's actually a completely different flavor profile and it's just as delicious as last week, but so totally different. Yeah. It's more bright and refreshing and last Mm -hmm. week's was more sweet and kind of warm spiced. Yeah. This drink is really, really good. It's I uh, love it. It's yeah, like I said, it's savory. It's um super it's pretty simple to make. Once you get it down, it takes about five minutes to make. Yeah. Um wasn't the case today. <laughs> but um as That's always twenty twenty four, yeah. <laughs> and as always, our drink pictures and recipes will be on social media. Happy hour gets weird pod on Instagram, sometimes Twitter. Um, so check us out. So today we are talking about Bigfoot. Ooh, ooh. We did a Bigfoot Yeti episode early on, mm-hmm. which we ended up pulling because of sound issues. Mm-hmm. So doubtful anybody. I mean, people probably don't even remember. It's fine. <laughs> we sounded like we were reporting live from Bigfoot's den. Yes. It was awful. <laughs> I just got a, um, choked up. That's how bad it was. <laughs> 
Um, okay, so I just have to vent for a second before we get into this Bigfoot episode because okay. I am, I live in the forest mm-hmm. and there is something. I mean, you live in a house, <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> yes, I do live in a house, but I, <laughs> yes, I wish I was a fae <laughs> and I lived in the forest. Um, but something has been getting into my trash and I'm really, really right now, like, mentally hanging on by a thread and I cannot emotionally or mentally handle having to pick up gross trash every day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, that sucks. The only way that this is acceptable for me is if it is a Bigfoot. Hopefully it is. You Maybe you should put up a motion sensor, motion sensor camera. We're going to get a game cam and find out what it is. I think it's a pack of raccoons. My husband thinks it's a bear. Yeah. I'm hoping it's a Bigfoot, but also just knock, on, knock on my back door. Just say, Leave hey, me a little just note. say, Hey, this is Daryl. Can you make me a sandwich? Yeah. I'll gladly come pull up a chair. You can have some cheese puffs. We could have an interview. Um, we could have a, we could have the first Bigfoot interview. Can you make it happen? I, I'll try. I'll leave a note on the trash can. <laughs> hopefully he, he, hopefully he speaks our same language. I'm not sure. Just go on Google and write it in every language across the world. That's a good idea. <laughs> Anyways, I just had to get that out because I had to pick up trash this morning. Ugh. Yeah, that's frustrating. And it's like gross, hot garbage. And honestly, I hope for you it is raccoons because a bear could be a little scary if you had to go out at night and then you cross paths with a bear. Yeah. Also, it might be a Bigfoot because I'm not hearing it. Mm. and he's being very quiet well no I mean maybe I'm not hearing it because I'm sleeping probably maybe but um yeah so let's let's hope it's a Bigfoot well I'm excited for you to get that camera up if it's like 15 fucking raccoons I'm gonna lose my shit (laughs) you better report back inquiring minds want to know I will I will I'll keep you posted (laughs) thank you (laughs) okay so For today's episode, my main source is The Bigfoot Book, The Encyclopedia of Sasquatch, Yeti, and Cryptid Primates, an article on Gaia.com, and an article on OregonLive.com. So, Bigfoot. Yes. The king of cryptids. Or queen. Or queen. Me and Cassie consider him, or her, the king-queen. Yes. Of cryptids. Yes. Royal family? Yeah, of cryptids. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. So we all know who or what Bigfoot is, but I'll give a brief description. Bigfoot, also known as Sasquatch, are basically tall, upright walking creatures. I would describe them as somewhere between a man and an ape. Mm -hmm. They are covered in hair, usually much larger than the average man, seven to nine feet tall. The only evidence of their visits is often large footprints left in the dirt. And sometimes strange howls and thumps are also attributed to these mysterious creatures. Yeah, the howls are my favorite. Or like knocks. Mm -hmm. Did you want to add anything to the description? No, that sounded great. I, um, I, I I think a Bigfoot would be, I think, more human esque than people would think yeah I think so too Mm -hmm. I think that when people do run into them they're often surprised by how human human they are Mm -hmm. oh and also they usually smell bad 
oh well that's opinion yeah (laughs) one's man smell bad is another man's yeah body odors relative (laughs) although versions of bigfoot exist all throughout history and all over the world the australian yowie there is the shug monkey of rendlesham forest england the yeti of the himalayas because there is no definitive evidence that these bigfoot creatures exist they are considered cryptids Mm -hmm. and a cryptid is an animal that's existence has not been scientifically proven Mm -hmm. basically he exists on the basis of personal testimony sightings and legends right i mean just to put it in perspective the giant squid was a cryptid before years yeah so and then some guys like look here motherfuckers yeah here's a giant squid for you and then you know so the haters are gonna say he's not real but and the boring people are gonna say (laughs) he's not real (laughs) but other theories exist around the bigfoot phenomena besides just him being a cryptid Mm -hmm. is he an alien creature could be is he a spirit maybe is he some kind of tulpa created by the collective unconscious it's possible we just don't know but it is really fun to talk about. It is. That's a, the theories I think are my favorite part of the Bigfoot conversation. The rabbit hole. Uh-huh. Yeah. Today we are just going to scratch the surface when it comes to the stories surrounding the king of cryptids. And although Bigfoot type creatures have been woven into the fabric of societies all over the world, we are sticking to the United States on this episode. Native Americans acknowledged Bigfoot long before the term was popular popularized in the 1950s. I don't know if you knew this, but the term actually came from a Northern California local who was quoted in the Humboldt paper and the name stuck. Really? Isn't that cool? That is cool. I thought it was cool. And although they had many names, Native Americans had many names for this particular cryptid, Mm -hmm. for the sake of clarity, I will be using the term Bigfoot in the episode. Northwest native tribes describe seeing the large, hairy, and foul-smelling cryptids, <laughs> although even then, they were secretive creatures who usually traveled at night. Sometimes the lore surrounding these creatures described fantastical powers, such as the ability to become invisible. <gasps> Pretty cool, right? Yeah. I've heard that theory before. I think in that situation, Bigfoot was thought of as more of a spirit creature. Okay. Okay. Some tribes considered Bigfoot a docile friend, a shy neighbor, Mm -hmm. while others considered Bigfoot an enemy and sometimes dangerous. Mm -hmm. Or a bad omen. Yeah. Um, Yes. I've heard of tribes that that considered Bigfoot, if you saw one, it was a bad omen. I could see that. I mean, they can be kind of scary, Uh, intimidating, a giant (laughs) unknown creature. Yeah. Yeah. I see a bug that I've never seen before and I freak the fuck out. I'm like, danger, danger. (laughs) No. Um... And as with all things surrounded Native American tribes, each tribe differs vastly in their tradition mm-hmm. and beliefs. Yeah. And I am in no way trying to paint such diverse tribal groups with a broad stroke. I'm merely attempting to show that even in America's most ancient times, Bigfoot was around. Yeah. One story that I had to share from the Bigfoot book is the story of a man named James C. Wyatt, who was lucky enough to have a copy of his grandfather's 1888 journal. Wyatt shared this journal with paranormal researcher Brad Steiger, who helped share this fantastic encounter. So, 
1888 journal's story goes like this. Wyatt's grandfather was in an area of northwestern California called the Humboldt Meridian. Mm -hmm. This is an area on the very top of California along the coast. Mm -hmm. One day, the grandfather encountered a tribesman. It did not say what tribe this man was a part of. And I looked it up and there were several tribes in that area. So I'm not going to just try to guess. Yeah. The tribesman was carrying raw meat. And when Wyatt's granddad asked what he was doing with that raw meat, the tribesman motioned for granddad to follow him. Then the tribesman explained the situation. He said that there was a beast nicknamed Crazy Bear. Oh. That had been brought to the forest from the stars. He explained that a small moon had descended from the stars and dropped off several crazy bear creatures. No fucking way. Okay. I'm like so excited. (laughs) I was so excited when I read this. Sometimes this moon ship was so close, they would see a human-like pilot waving goodbye as it flew away. What? He's so friendly. (laughs) So some native peoples believed that Bigfoot was an ET, basically. Okay. I can get into that. It's a fascinating story. And when I found it, like I said, I was so excited. I do not know if they did any sort of dating on the journal. Mm -hmm. I hope that somebody did. Because if so, that's pretty great pro Bigfoot evidence. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's awesome. (laughs) It is. This theory that cryptids and especially Bigfoot are somehow connected to UFO and other paranormal phenomena has persisted in some communities. John Keel, the ufologist, paranormal (laughs) researcher, and author of the Mothman Prophecies, popularized the theory of window areas. This is a concept that, um, Cassie, we touched on during our Ghost of Empire Mind episode. Mm -hmm. We were a few uh, cocktails deep at that point, and we definitely didn't have a name for it. Oh, yeah. But it's the same concept. (laughs) So the concept is is that these window areas. Yeah, I think I just said veil a lot. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So the concept is that these window areas are are essentially areas where our dimensions have a connection to other dimensions. And some theorize that UFOs, as well as cryptids, might be interdimensional travelers. Mm -hmm. Over the years, sightings have linked UFOs and Bigfoot. And according to the Gaia.com article that I read, at least 20% of Bigfoot sightings coincide with UFO sightings, which is a pretty big number. Yeah. Especially considering how rare it is to see either yeah, that's fucking wild. If you're seeing UFOs and Bigfoots. What a fucking day. That's the day. That's the life. That might turn 2020 around if I have a double sighting. Now, it uh, it might be because the type of person who is open to seeing a Bigfoot is also open to the idea of a flying saucer, mm-hmm. um, like me. Yeah. So that might be why these people are seeing both. And yeah. I'm not going to discount that, but it's just a pretty cool stat. So I wanted to... Well, in here. I feel like too, if you are open-minded to it, you're always kind of aware and looking and noticing more than maybe someone who isn't, mm-hmm. you know, I think we had this conversation where it's like, if you're not looking at the skies, you're not going to see a UFO. Yeah, totally. So, unless they, um, forcibly take you and unless you're abducted. Yeah. <laughs> I don't really want to be abducted. I just want to see something. <laughs> I don't, I don't need to be in it. 
that yeah. might be a little too scary for yeah. me. I wouldn't mind. If you were abducted, would you want to remember? Oh, I know we talked about that before. Um, I would think no. I would just say just pre. I'm just like if I have I have to answer quickly. I would say no, just because I feel like most of the abduction stories, when you remember, it really fucks shit up. It's traumatic. It's very traumatic and people don't believe you. You're most of the time ostracized. So I would like to just be, while I'm living my life, go about my daily business totally unaware. Mm -hmm. And then maybe at the end of my life, remember, remember, have a Bigfoot walk up and be like, here's a tape of your abduction experience. Yes. Thanks for being a part of it. Yes. Yeah. I don't think I'd want to remember either. Some people believe that it's kind of the opposite idea and Bigfoot are just being abducted like any human Mm -hmm. who's been abducted. Yeah. And that's why we're seeing them, that maybe they're not actually ETs, but they are... Have been abducted and they're dropping back off. And he's like, thank you so much for the samples. Have a good one. See (laughs) you soon, T.T.Y. Thanks for this really bad smelling human. Yeah. (laughs) Aliens are like, look at these ones. They're so different. Yeah. In the 1960s, as part of the Blue Book Project, the CIA investigated concurrent Bigfoot UFO sightings in, of all places, Erie, Pennsylvania. And we could do an entire episode on this, and maybe someday we will. Maybe we will. But basically, a group of tourists saw a triangular flying object as well as a large ape-like creature lumbering towards the woods. No fucking way. The CIA investigated and could never explain what happened Although they did say that the creature was probably a raccoon, which has this guy ever seen a raccoon? Oh my God. It's probably a seven foot tall raccoon. So it was like five raccoons standing shoulder to feet. Wearing a a trench coat and trying to get into a rated R movie. Trying to buy alcohol. (laughs) Yeah, that's what it was. Um, uh, The CIA chalked it up to a hoax, although it was never actually disproven. The story just kind of fizzled out and no definitive conclusion was ever reached. Well, did they find the fake ID in the trench coat? They found they found the family of raccoons <laughs> with a bunch of booze, rated our movie ticket stubs, trench coat, <laughs> fake mustache. <laughs> so stupid. Probably a raccoon. So I guess the, the dumbest thing I've I ever guess heard. the UFO is probably a raccoon too, just yeah. in the shape of a triangle soaring yeah. through the sky. Yeah. It was just a <laughs> raccoon with uh, a freaking boomerang. They were throwing a boomerang around. These raccoons are fucking so smart. Of all of the fucking forest creatures, you choose a raccoon? The tiniest one? Why wouldn't they say a bear? I have no idea. (laughs) So stupid. Oh my God. CIA Uh, needs to vet better. I feel like I could get into the CIA at this point. I just thought I could be a CIA agent. I am going to perform a detailed investigation on what is getting into my trash and I am going to send my findings to the CIA and see if they will. I swear to God, if it's a bunch of raccoons in a trench coat, I'm fucking out of (laughs) here. I'm done with this year. (laughs) All right. I'll stop uh, ranting about aliens and Bigfoot. I was just, it was so cool. It is cool. I love it. I love the idea of a a window space. I am obsessed. We got to find them. We got to find these window areas. Yeah. A a window space. (laughs) There's probably one by Empire Mine. There, I mean, maybe. I've been on the trails all over. I haven't seen any windows. Maybe they don't want you to remember. Yeah. Another piece of pro-Bigfoot evidence, albeit it is another source that's solely based on eyewitness accounts, is the 1924 Ape Canyon story. Ape Canyon is located east of Mount St. Helens in Oregon. It got its name because of the stories of mountain devils or mountain gorillas. Ooh, crazy bear or mountain devil. Ooh, they're both good. They're both good. Yeah. You pick one, I'll be the other one. Okay. 
this too was long before the term Bigfoot was popularized. Okay. Yeah. So five men were prospecting in this area and left it with a story they would never forget. A story that they would tell to the Oregonian newspaper. And then much later, the youngest of the group would retell to the well-known Roger Patterson. And we will talk a little bit more about him in a minute. Mm -hmm. The story goes that near the Lewis River, the men saw four huge animals, 400 pounds, and walking upright, maybe eight feet tall, built like a man, smaller waist with the wider shoulders and a thick neck, covered in dark hair. The men knew the stories that natives shared about the mountain devils. The legend of Bigfoot was already that well established, even in 1924. And they realized that this is what they were confronted with. That evening, one of the men shot at one of the Bigfoot creatures that was too close for comfort, but missed. And I believe this angered the usually peaceful, aloof Bigfoot. Yeah. Because that night... I'd get pissed too. Yeah. Because that night, a group of Bigfoot attacked the cabin where the men stayed. They shook the walls... They threw large rocks at the cabin, even jumping on the roof. What the freak? The men huddled inside and took (laughs) shots at the Bigfoot through missing chunks in the structure provided by Bigfoot's thrashing. So there was like holes getting knocked into the cabin that they were in and they were like shooting through the holes to try to get the Bigfoot away. The whole building was shaking and there was pounding and thudding. Crazy, right? Yeah. I mean, you. okay, so they see these four Bigfoot. Or, or mountain devils mm-hmm. by this creek. Why didn't they leave then? Why did they wait for an? I opportunity? don't know. Maybe they thought like that they shot it, shot at them, and maybe they thought that would scare them off. Okay, but the opposite. If they probably would have done nothing, the Bigfoot would have hid, like yeah. they always do, right? Yeah. Yes. So by the morning, the Bigfoot had tired and began to move on from the cabin. Yeah. Only one of the Bigfoot remained about 80 yards away and the youngest of the group shot it and its body fell over <gasps> the rock face where it stood. What? Yeah, I felt bad. Why would why would they shoot it? You're think, in the, the you're, I think they were just scared. Oh my gosh. The terrified men departed in such a hurry. They left their equipment behind, only taking what could easily be carried in their packs. Yeah, they should. They left like a ton of shit behind because they were like, we just need to get out of here. Yeah. The U.S. Forest Department investigated and decided it must be a hoax based purely on the fact they didn't see any Bigfoot. (laughs) Just hysterical. Okay. They claimed the men staged the attack. And some people claimed that there were tracks and somebody like casted a track. Mm -hmm. But then the U.S. Forestry Department was like, they could have faked it by using their hands. I mean, it's always a he, you know, his word against his word type story or her word. Right. So it's just hard. It could have been staged, but the the men stuck to their story. And I just, you know, it's like with most things, I don't think it's worth it to lie about some things. But I mean, I guess we'll never know. They could have lied just for attention because, you know, like in the 20s, people were just starving for fame and fortune. <laughs> Gold diggers <just> why, <laughs> out there. Why were they there in the first place? They were they were prospecting for gold, I believe. Um, yeah. So they were literally gold diggers. So who knows? I... I'm just thinking, like, if I'm there looking for gold, I would probably not want to leave early. And leave all your shit behind in the and cabin? And not find gold, you know? Like, if yeah. you're there for, like, a 
Yeah, I don't understand. I mean, I guess hypothetically it could have been bears, but they said that they saw them and they weren't bears, and they said that the that the Bigfoot were like throwing rocks and shit like that I've that never, like an animal wouldn't do. I've never seen a bear throw a rock, and I've never seen a bear climb on a roof either. They'll steal your picnic baskets for sure. Yes. They'll eat honey when they have a rumbly in their tumbly, <laughs> but they will not throw a fucking rock at you. That's absurd. They look for the bear necessities. They don't want what's in your cabin. Okay, that's all the bear jokes I have. I'm sorry. I apologize. I had to get a dad joke in. I loved all those. those this is like a very good dad episode because it's on Bigfoot. Yeah. Yeah. I, I I just can't see going through all that trouble. And the Oregonian did post it and we'll post a picture of the um, newspaper on our Instagram. Okay. It's pretty cool. I just don't, for me personally, don't see the benefit of going through all that trouble for a giant hoax. When you're out there to look for gold, you're obviously there for a profit. I don't understand why. It doesn't make either. sense to me. And what money are you going to make off of it? Who's going to be like, oh, you were attacked. Here's $5. Like, what the hell? What mm-hmm. money? And especially the Native the Native Americans, they have literally no motive to lie about it. Mm-mm. There's no motive. And they know the woods. They know the creatures. Yeah. They know what they're looking at. They're not going to get confused. Like, if I saw an animal, I might be like, what? Is that a raccoon or a Bigfoot? I don't know. But a Native American person is, is going to know they're in the woods. They're around animals all the time. They're, they have knowledge, you know? All right. So now let's get into some evidence that's more than just word of mouth. Okay. If you are a believer. In October of 1967, Roger Patterson, who I just mentioned, and Bob Gimlin went to Bluff Creek, California, looking for Bigfoot. Mm-hmm. It was no accidental encounter they went there Bigfoot hunting. Mm-hmm. Patterson himself had published a Bigfoot book the year prior. The men claimed that they were on horses searching the area when they saw a Bigfoot crouching in the grass. And Patterson quickly pulled his camera, catching just about a minute of shaky footage. The Bigfoot is seen walking with an unusual gait, a large hair-covered body, and hair-covered breasts. Mm-hmm. That's right. Bow chicka bow wow. The Bigfoot lopes into the trees and despite the men's attempts at following her, they never see her again. Like the best one night stand of all time. (laughs) That just, I didn't even write that in. That was just natural. (laughs) Many Bigfoot aficionados believe this film to be absolutely true evidence. Mm -hmm. In fact, the film was examined by the North American Science Institute apparently a $70,000 exam and they concluded the film was genuine. Mm -hmm. But since then people have attempted to debunk, debunk. (laughs) It's Ashton Kutcher's new show. (laughs) He debunks the people that he punked 10 years ago. (laughs) But since then people have attempted to debunk the legendary film because every fucking party has a pooper. Yeah. A one man saying that he, in fact, wore the suit. A liar, liar. And a liar, bu- liar, Harry tits on fire. <laughs> and a book came out in 2004 by Greg Long, who claimed to have proven the film was faked based on interviews with people who knew Patterson at the time of filming and interviews with the man who said he wore the suit himself. This is just another one of Bigfoot's legends that leaves us wanting more. <laughs> You know, I've seen interviews with Bob and he... Bob Gimlin. Bob Gimlin. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. To the, I believe Robert passed away fairly early. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, but Bob is kind of a pillar in the cryptid community and he stands by it. Yes. He never wavered. And also at the time that this was taken, you have to think a lot of people, like I said, haters will say it's a suit, but you have to, um, take into consideration in this video while it is, you know, grainy and shaky because yeah. he's on a horse and it's old. Right. You can in my opinion, clearly see muscle definition Mm -hmm. underneath the Mm -hmm. hair and very clear breasts. Mm -hmm. Um, And that technology was not available at that time. So what, what was the movie that came out? Was it planet of the apes? Yes. The, the best Emmy award winning best makeup artists in the world were working on planet of the apes at the time. And you can see like a gorilla in Planet of the Apes, it really doesn't have any definition. It's, mm-hmm. it's you know, very loose. They just didn't have the... They didn't have the technology. No. So I that's why I tend to believe that it wasn't a hoax, that it wasn't faked because you can see the, the muscle definition in the breast. And, you know, and Bob was a serious guy. Yeah. And he stuck by, his, he stuck by it. And just because somebody has a fascination with Bigfoot and is searching for Bigfoot and then finds Bigfoot doesn't mean that they should be less believable. It's mm-hmm. like what you said before about if you're looking at the stars, you're more likely to see a UFO. Yeah. If you're looking in the woods on horses, you're more likely to see a Bigfoot than me sitting in my living room. <laughs> I'm like, how come I never see a Bigfoot? It's like, I expect one to just knock on my door with my pizza. <laughs> That'd be cool. Be a lot better than when fucking digging through your trash. But I mean, that'd still be pretty cool. I mean, yeah, we'll see what the game hammer game camera game camera the game camera has to say about it I wanted to end this episode I just like I said we just scratched the surface on a few of my favorite stories Mm -hmm. that I kind of knew or came across during researching but um I kind of wanted to end this with a brief discussion about what you think Bigfoot is do you think he is a physical cryptid a spirit a tulpa um an ET or a interdimensional traveler? Do you think it's just totally fake and it's just people in fucking costumes leaving giant footprints everywhere? You Do you know, have a theory? Do you have an opinion? Um, I love, I am fascinated with the idea mm-hmm. of the interdimensional travel and the window. I'd love that idea too. I, I just think it would make sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I also and why th- there's hot spots for stuff right. like ghosts, par- anything paranormal, UFOs, ghosts, cryptids. Why there's hot spots, beds of activity. Right, and it would make it would um, make sense as far as it um, why there hasn't been any definitive evidence. Mm-hmm. You know, if they're popping in and out for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. I I love that idea, and I also love the idea that it's just an undiscovered. Um, creature mm-hmm. and they are highly intelligent and just don't want to be bothered yeah and I mean they could be extinct by now yeah they could have been a real creature but by now because they live in such isolation and maybe they just dwindled down to nothing yeah I mean in one of my stories literally one of them died yeah so it's you know it could just be you know indigenous people Thousands of years ago, the Bigfoot was, you know, there was plenty. Mm-hmm. I just feel like legends and stories like that come from somewhere. Yeah, it, it kind of, 
I love the interdimensional thing too. Mm -hmm. And I, I could see it being something that maybe by now is, like I said, extinct. Mm -hmm. And I also really love the idea of it being a tulpa kind of created. Mm -hmm. The fact that every single, I mean, pretty much everywhere in the world, they have a different version of the Bigfoot. Mm -hmm. To me, could be a tulpa. Just makes it, yeah, it just makes me think of the tulpa theory, that it's uh, something. Created in, by collective consciousness. Yes, something mm-hmm. that's ingrained in like our caveman mind. Mm-hmm. And that's why like everywhere we all have these shared archetypes, like, like the tree of life. And fountain of youth. Fountain of youth, yes. Mm-hmm. Bigfoot. The, the great flood and Bigfoot. Bigfoot. Yeah, and so that that kind of shared knowledge just makes me think that even if, there are no Bigfoot now. I feel like something maybe was there a long time ago. And that's why we all have the same. Oh, abs- I absolutely 100% believe that maybe, like you said, maybe they don't physically exist in this dimension anymore or mm-hmm. this on this planet anymore. But at one point. They were here. In one way or another, there was a population of a version of Bigfoot. Of Bigfoot. Or else why would they be in every single society? Uh, It's weird. There's no other explanation. It's pretty weird. I'm into it. (laughs) I love Bigfoot. (laughs) Seriously. What did you say one episode? We're here for beer and Bigfoot. (laughs) (laughs) I'm here for beer and Bigfoot. Um, Yeah, I think I would love to do another Bigfoot episode of just like a compilation of like sightings or stories. I think those are so fucking interesting. I might be the only one, but I don't care. No, I seriously like how cool would it be to see a i mean it'd be a little bit scary no it'd be cool it would be, be scary because you never know are they they're they're always nice unless you literally shoot at them i yeah yeah i mean it could just be a also a big giant pack of raccoons it could it could be just so many <laughs> raccoons stacked on top of each other <laughs> <laughs> the whole Bigfoot phenomenon is actually it's just a large. conspiracy by stacked raccoons <laughs> to get back at humankind for putting lids on trash cans. Yes. <laughs> oh, that that just that that just makes me so crazy that they would say a raccoon. It's like now I know you're lying. Now anytime, I know you're lying. Anytime the CIA tries to cover something up, they blame it on a raccoon. A raccoon. It's just a raccoon. <laughs> Like the MK MK Ultra raccoons. raccoons, JFK assassination raccoons. raccoons. <laughs> it was raccoons and trench coats. It's that, shot that was a man on the knoll. That- it was stacked <laughs> raccoons in a fucking trench coat. Oh my god! Have listener, have you seen Bigfoot? Let us know. Seriously, send us your emails. DM us. Um, our email <laughs> is happyarrogatesweird at gmail If you've seen Bigfoot. If you are a group of raccoons, email us. If you are a group of <laughs> raccoons wearing a trench coat, get on your little raccoon computer and send us an email with your human-like hands. I know you can send an email. <laughs> We've seen your thumbs. <laughs> you can do a lot. <laughs> um, we hope you enjoyed this cryptid episode. We always love doing cryptids. I, I, I don't know. You think Bigfoot's your favorite? Yes, Bigfoot is my favorite. You know, I always thought that. And then we did our Mongolian death worm oh freaking uh, Fresno Nightcrawlers. Those and ones are pretty fun, too. The, I really like that one. I like those, too. So, uh, 
<laughs> we will do more cryptid episodes in the future. Hope you enjoyed this one. If you have a favorite cryptid and you want us to do an episode on it, email us too. Send us a DM. We'll uh, do some research and do another cryptid episode. Maybe I'll make Cassie tackle Mothman next time. Oh, God, I hate Mothman. <laughs> I just think he's a bad dude. I think he's the bad omen, not Bigfoot. Yeah, see? That's what I'm saying. Definitely. Um. Anyways, thank you so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode. We always love a, a little a rascally cryptid. <laughs> um, and uh, check out The Girlfriend's Couch um, on Apple or, sure. or, or Spotify, any one of those, wherever you get your podcast. It's a great podcast, and um, they're a fellow indie podcast, so give them a listen. And on that note, love yourself, lock your doors, and light some sage. Cheers to that. Cheers to that. I didn't know raccoons were going to be such a big part of this episode.